One thing that is important is that when we, when we worship, and this is why I like Sunday night, because, not just because you don't have to wake up early to come to Sunday night church, amen? <laughs> um, it's always been, there's always been something about Sunday nights. Come on, if you grew up Pentecostal, you know what I'm talking about. And I remember when we had the pews in here, and I would be back under the, y'all, I was a heathen. I, I spent church under the pews, right? And I would get on the, I would lay down on the pews, and I'd be coloring and whatever, and, uh, and I would just think, man, this is taking forever. But you know what it is? It's, there's no, we're not worried about, oh, I still got half a day of my weekend left to spend. We're not worried about, oh, I got to get the Chavos before the Baptist. We're not worried about those things. We come in this house on Sunday night, and it's a restful thing. Come on, can I speak? It's a restful thing because your weekend's over. Sorry, some of y'all said, <gasps> yeah, got to go work tomorrow. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Listen, your weekend's basically over. So you come in, and you, you're slowing down. You know, when we get out of church, some people might go eat. Probably most of us will go home, and you'll, you'll wind down, and you'll end up, you'll go to bed. And then next thing you wake up, and you've got to go to work. So you're winding down. And I think that that Sabbath rest, we come into this place and rest in the presence of God. And that is the difference between Sunday morning and Sunday night. Sunday morning's great. Sunday morning's awesome. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't move on Sunday morning. But I think that there is a, an attitude of rest we come in here and rest in the presence. Come on, am I crazy? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I want you to, if, if I could challenge you, and probably every, if you're here on Sunday night, then it's probably the way you feel anyway. But don't walk in here with apprehension on Sunday morning. Don't walk in here worried about what somebody looks like or what you look like or anything like that. I mean, I mean make sure your fly's done, but don't worry too much, okay? But listen, listen. I want to make sure that we come in this place and it's not this, listen, it's not this hotty-totty, worried about what everybody's doing. And that's something that's beautiful about community church is I think that for the most part, that's the way it is here. People come into this place to worship and rest in the presence of God. Because some of us, maybe you've got, somebody said, man, I've had a long week or I've had a long weekend. Some of us, are going through some things and you come in this place what do we call this the sanctuary come on if you're in children's ministry you call it big church but sanctuary this place of rest i think there's something to that family so if you want to look uh real quick with me at uh, romans chapter 7 i want to continue my um i'm kind of doing a series off and on called pre-decide and i am enjoying I really enjoyed having Cody and Megan last week. Next week, Sunday morning, um, we're going to have Tyler Gerfers. He's a Chi Alpha missionary to ULM, so that's going to be exciting. Um, and then the week after that, it's going to be really great. Uh, teen Challenge. I don't, I don't remember ever, have, ever having men's Teen Challenge here. Have we ever? I don't remember. I might have been, that might have been when we were doing children's church or something. But Teen Challenge men, uh, the men of Teen Challenge are going to be here. Uh, not this coming Sunday, but the last Sunday in March. Please make sure you're here. Invite somebody. If you know someone 
that's got a family member that's really struggling with some things, they need to be in this house. Amen? Because the testimonies are nothing short of powerful. And I'm really excited about that. Um, so, pre-decide. Tonight, we're gonna, last, last Sunday night, I talked about temptation. That you pre-decide before you even get into temptation, that you pre-decide how you're going to deal with temptation, okay? And so we talked about that. So tonight we're going to talk about consistency. How many of you have ever heard consistency is what? Key. Consistency is key. No, that's too long. Consistency is key. Don't you know... Listen, I am a terrible, I'm not a great cook, and I'm an even worse baker. And uh, we were going to make some pancakes. And um, I, I mixed up this batter, and it was some batter I've never used before. And I thought, man, that's real soupy, but it's probably okay. I've never used this before. And I poured it in the pan. Horrible. You heard of pancakes? No, these were crackers, all right? And so the consistency was all wrong. Let me tell you something. If the consistency gets wrong in something, in what you're doing, and if you're trying to better yourself and you don't have consistency, you will fail and fail uh, with, uh, 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 it'll be more of a final failure there. If you're not consistent, you don't get back up. So um, consistency is key in so many different things, in physical health. Come on, uh, some, there, a bunch of us have gone and joined the gym. Now, the rest remains to be seen. Come on, I'm challenging you guys. I'm trying real hard. But consistency is key with that. You can't just go to All Hours Fitness and sign up to pay $20, $30 a month and never show up for a year. You can do that if you just really want to be a blessing to the people that own that business. But, I mean, you could just do that here. You could just bless this place uh, with that money. But listen, uh, you got to be consistent and go in there. Come on, relationships. How many of you know, come on, husbands, I'm talking to you. How many of you know that if you're not consistent in your relationship, things don't work as great as you might want them to? Come on. Um, there, was a, I was talk, there was a lady I work with, and I was talking to Brittany on the phone, and, and we, were, we were talking about like dinner or something. I was like, all right, well, I'll see you later. And I hung up, and she said, I said, what happened to you? Did you swallow a bug? What's wrong? And she said, you didn't tell you loved her. I said, she knows. She said, me and my husband always say we love each other. And I was like, okay, whatever, Hallmark Channel. Listen, but they were consistent in that. And so if one of them hangs up and the other one doesn't say I love you, they call right back and they're like, are you being taken hostage? Like, what's going on? And so in, in, in your physical health, in relationships, um, with your finances, come on, don't you know that if you consistently spend more than you consistently make, you're going to have a problem? I saw a video yesterday. It's crazy, y'all. This woman went to the bank, and she was, she was depositing her check, and the bank said, hey, listen, we're going to keep that because you're $900 in the hole. And she said, no, you're not. And so she climbed over the counter took her check, and then left. And I'm sure there were some people in uniforms that wanted to talk to her after she did that. But consistency is, is so big in so many areas of your life. What about goals? If you're not consistent with your goals, you're not meeting your goals, right? Come on, right? Yeah, listen. Is it, is it your quality? Is it your quality that makes a difference? No. Is it your appearance? Is it your background? Is it your education? No, I don't think so. 
I think it's your consistency. I was listening to Pastor Craig Rochelle. He has a leadership podcast. And he said, I and probably most other employers would rather have someone that's consistent than someone who's super qualified. Because that consistent person is going to be there. And they may, not, they may not be this awesome fireball, gets everything done, super like on time, amazing. But listen, they're consistent. And they do a good job consistently. And that person that might come in and, and just show up one time and do a really great job, they're not, they don't have as much value as the consistent per- person, right? So look at um, Romans 7. It says, I don't really understand myself. This is New Living Translation. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Have you ever struggled with that? You're wanting to do the right thing. You're wanting to make the right decision and be consistent in your walk with Christ. And you just keep doing the same old messed up stuff. And you get frustrated at yourself. Come on, let's be real. Let's be honest. We get frustrated with ourselves. Maybe you say, I'm I'm trying to work on my language. But I got frustrated and I used a few four-letter words. And I'm frustrated. How do we get past that? Listen. We want to pre-decide. So what do we, how do you pre-decide something? In your mind, in your heart, you make a decision before something happens. When faced with blank, I'm going to do, I have pre-decided to do blank. So keep that in your brain. When I'm faced with a frustrating situation at work, I have pre-decided to take a breath, step back, maybe go outside. I don't know how extreme you get. Listen. So we want to decide to be consistent. When it gets tough, when it gets, looks like you're going to fail, be consistent. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Come on, let me say that again because that's such a good, that's such a good word. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally I follow a guy on Instagram he gets up at 4 30 every morning he takes a picture of his watch and posts it on Instagram and I'm like man that's a gift of the spirit I just don't have yet you know and what if what if I get up at 4 30 a.m one time I can be like hey everyone I got up early but if I don't ever do it again who cares successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally come on watch this we are what we repeatedly do we are what we repeatedly do not what we do occasionally it's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference it's what we do consistently Daniel was one of the most consistent people in the Bible he was consistent morally he was consistent relationally he was consistent spiritually And a good leader. Around 605 B.C., about 18 years after Babylon destroyed Jerusalem, uh, the, the government of Babylon abducted a bunch of boys, probably about 12 years old, 
And he, they took the best and the brightest. Why? Why did they take them? Why did they pick the best and brightest? Because they had a program for them. They wanted to teach them in the way of uh, the Babylons, they, the, the Babylonians. They wanted to teach them the way that they ran their government. And so they brought them in and they worked to indoctrinate them because they could mold them into future leaders. Listen, we do something, we do something here. And what we do is we don't take kids and try to indoctrinate them. That's something that you might hear about on, on the news or maybe you hear about people talking about that. They worry about kids being taught different things at school like critical race theory and all kinds of scary sound and stuff like that. And we, we hear that word indoctrination. Kids are indoctrinated. And so watch what we do. Like at Community Church North Webster, we love our kids. We love our students. So what do we do, family? We put them in a place where Jesus can begin to mold them into who he wants them to be. Come on. The world's going to try to do the same thing. So if you are not putting your children in a place, in a position that God can begin to mold them into the leaders that he wants them to be, then you're missing out as a parent. You're missing out as a grandparent. So check yourself on that. Make sure that you set your kids up for success in following, uh, in following Jesus. So uh, King Darius, he was the king over there. He noticed that Daniel displayed unusual consistency. So he planned to promote Daniel over the top leaders. And we, we all know this story. So what did they do? They got upset. They began to undermine Daniel's credibility. They began to attack him. Don't you know that when you begin to con get consistent with God, that that's the exact same thing that Satan does to you? Don't you know that when you begin to grow, that that's the same thing that Satan sends an army of demons to do in your life? To try to destroy your credibility? Well, you can't speak about that because you posted something on social media seven years ago and, and it's, it was so ugly. And so it gets in your brain, gets in your heart. You can't do that because, you know, you cussed somebody out a long time ago. You can't stand up and preach, JB, because you broke a bunch of promises, you know. He wants to bring those things up. And so that's what those guys did to Daniel. They started bringing those things up, undermining his credibility. Have you ever heard the word canceled? Let's be real. Christians have been dealing with cancellation a long time. That's kind of a new thing. That's kind of a trending topic. If somebody says something that the masses don't like, they get canceled. We call it cancel culture. It's not a great thing. It's not biblical. But Christians have been dealing with this for a long time. Because as soon as you begin to take, take steps of faith, and run after Jesus, the biggest thing that Satan wants to do is cancel you. Bring up things that mess you up so bad that you don't try anymore. This is what they tried to do with Daniel. But Daniel 6 says, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. What? Daniel was consistent, family. He was consistent. So what happened? They went to the king, and they said, hey, let's make this new law. 
We all know the story. Let me read this. And so it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, and this was a law that said, if you worship anyone other than the king, you're going to be killed. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving, uh, giving thanks to God. Consistency. Consistency. Then what happened? The devil keeps coming. Satan keeps coming after you as you're consistent. Daniel ends up where? In the lion's den. Not a great place. Not somewhere you wanted to be. But God's faithful. Because let me tell you something. We strive to be consistent. We strive to follow him. But can I tell you something? Even with our failures and faults, he is consistent. Always. Never failing. And when, the, and when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Come on, that's good. So how do we grow in consistency? Number one, start with the why. Why did Daniel pray consistently? Why did Daniel do that? Because he desired to be close to God. He desired to have that, that communion with God, that intimacy with God. And that's why, you know, why, Pastor, why do you say, hey, let's just wait. Let's just worship for a little bit longer. Let's just stand here in his presence and not sing the songs. Why? Because I want us all to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Consistency. That's why. The second thing is um, plan to fail. What? What do you mean plan to fail? We're talking about being consistent and being successful. If I'm successful, I never fail, right? No. No. I didn't say fail forever. I said plan to fail. Can I tell you something, family? There's not a single one of us, especially me, even after knowing Jesus that doesn't make mistakes. You know, I know some people that preach that once you, once you come to know Christ, you're good, fam. You don't make any more boo-boos. You don't make any more mistakes. That's not what I teach people because that's not what the Bible says. And so what do we do? We do our best to consistently chase after Jesus with everything that we've got. But you still might fail. So what happens? Being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. Being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. So when you fail, I don't want you to freak out. I don't want you to panic. I want you to remember this. That even though, in our, even though we're trying to be consistent and we fail, what did I just say a little while ago? God is still consistent. God is still perfect. And we try. And we, we do our best. But even though our best might come up a little short, his, his never does. And so don't panic. When you fail, this is what we just talked about, and I hope that that word hits somebody. Don't be afraid to talk to your Father in heaven. 
God, I messed up, and I just need, I just need some attention right now. One of the most meaningful things that my children do to me is when they come to me as their dad, and they say, Dad, I made a, I made a mistake. And a lot of times, if you've ever been a child or if you've had a child, you know that that's not always the case. And usually when they come to me and they've done something and they say, oh boy, I'm going to be in big trouble now. They usually hide. They usually run from it. And I just say, why don't you just talk to me? Because I love you so much. I'll correct you. But what do you think I'm going to, what do you think I'm going to do? Make you live outside or something? Like, come on. That's, and so if that's my father's heart, then how much more so? is God's Father's heart. Come on. The third thing, and I'm running out of time, so I want to finish this up. To be consistent, fall in love with the process. This is something that I think is really difficult for a lot of people to do. Success is not, a, success is not when you achieve a goal in the future. Successful is when you honor God today the destination seems that's what you're looking at that seems great but the journey come on the journey fall in love with the process fall in love with being vulnerable to your father in heaven I think that's something that we we get so freaked out we say hey I'm saved now I'm sanctified and I'm going to church I even carry my bible Come on. I've been watching TBN, man. That's how sanctified I am. I've been tuning in to praise the Lord in the Benny Hinn show. Come on. People get there, and they get so afraid to walk. They get so afraid to step outside of their comfort zone because they think, what if I sin? Come on, family. That's not where God wants you. God wants you trusting him. Trusting his process, trusting his plan for your life. So fall in love with that. So let me recap these three things. Come on, because we've decided to be consistent. We've decided as we strive to follow Jesus, as we work hard to achieve our goals, our personal goals, our business goals, our educational goals. Come on, we've already decided to be consistent. So when we get ready, uh, when we get tired and we get faced with different situations, we've decided that consistency is key. So three things, uh, and, then, and then we're going to pray and dismiss. Number one, remember why. Why am I doing this? Why am I chasing after this dream? Why am I chasing after Jesus? The second thing, plan to fail. Don't freak out when you fail. If you never got up, anybody ride a bike ever in their life? Come on, when you fell off that first time, I saw you fall off one time, it scared me so bad. I was like praying in the spirit because I thought you was all broken. And listen, you fell off that bike, and I hope that you had a parent there, maybe you didn't, that said, well, get back on the thing. Because if you just lay there and sulk in it, then you're done. That's not God. And the third thing, fall in love with the process. Fall in love with that, that knowing that when you do fail, when you do mess up, when you do get frustrated, God's there to pick you up, to pat you on the back and say, come on, you've got this. I have sent my spirit to empower you. Fall in love with the process. Would you stand with me this evening?
I just want to pray together. Thank you for being here. Thank you for gathering. I'm so glad that we worship together tonight, that God ministered. I, that, was, that was such a good worship service for me. And I don't know about you, but I needed that. I need to come in here, especially on Sunday nights, and worship together and get that rest in the presence of God. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this group of people. God, they mean so much to me. And I just pray that you bless them abundantly, God, that you pour out your anointing on them. God, that they chase after you with everything they've got, that they understand, uh, that they, they understand the why of why we chase you, God.